Hello and welcome to Corbett's Comments. I'm Dr. Otis Corbett and I invite you to come along with me as I share biblical exposition and commentary. I truly believe that God's Word is one of our greatest helps as we live for Him in the world today. And so like the psalmist, let us agree to hide His Word in our hearts that we may not sin against Him. Hello, I'm Otis Corbett. And today I want to share a word about a blissful life as I comment on Psalm 100. This psalm reads, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. We've all heard the expression, ignorance is bliss. And we've also heard the saying that what you don't know can't hurt you. And what those sayings are implying is, Ignorance of something that may hurt you will stop it from hurting you. Now, this is a false statement, and it is also a false bliss not to know that something out there uh, can hurt you. Ignorance is not bliss, and what you don't know can hurt you. Jesus told the parable of the rich fool. The rich fool said, I'm going to build new barns so that I can have more places to store all my goodies, all the things that I have, all my riches that I'm gathering. But he was actually going to die the very night he said that. In reality, bliss is found in knowledge, knowing what to do in a crisis, knowing the right decision to make. And true bliss is found only in one place, the Lord our God. So let's see what the psalmist had to say about this in the 100th Psalm. In verse 3, he says that in God there is a blissful knowledge. We often feel isolated in this world. Now, now we know that the poet John Donne said that no man is an island. And we may not be an island, but often we feel like we are an island, particularly in the digital age when we spend so much time on our phones and our computers, particularly during the 9-11 years when people had to stay at home and work from home. And even now, many people still work from home and it is easy to feel isolated because often we are physically distant from one another. And what happens when we are physically distant, we start to lose connection. We start to lose uh, a feeling of community. And we really don't need to do that. But in God, we know whose that we are. My pastor that baptized me, Brother Bob Zabinden, uh, was always told by his mother when he was a child, when he would go out to play in the daytime, as he was going out the old screen door of their house, she told him, remember whose you are. And one day he stopped and said, Mom, don't you mean remember who I am? And he said, she said, no. She said, remember whose you are because you belong to God. And we all belong to God. 
He inhabits our lives and He unites us together in His body, the church. And that means we are not alone in this universe. From time to time in my life, I have stood outside and just gazed at the stars. We lived in Africa for three years, and where we lived, it was so dark at night. And when we'd look up in the sky, we could see the Milky Way. We could see, uh, uh, if there were no clouds, we could see stars that would go on forever. And you feel so small. But we are not alone in the universe. And there is a blissful knowledge that our God loves us and we belong to Him. Also in God, according to the psalmist in verse 3, there is a blissful relationship. In God, there's a blissful relationship. Have you ever noticed that who owns a thing can make that thing special? Think about Elvis Presley's pink Cadillac or Princess Diana's dresses, or a, a painting by an accomplished artist. I, I remember seeing a display of some of the accoutrements uh, that were on the pistol belt of George S. Patton, and they were nice leather items, but they were just plain, ordinary items, except that they had been owned by George S. Patton. And so what the ownership of something makes it special. And we are special, not because of who we are, but we are special because we are owned by God, the almighty God of the universe. We are his sheep. He will provide for us and he will put his mark upon us. In the old West, they would brand cattle. And, and of course, that's very painful. But those cattle, uh, when they were branded, it was clear who owned those cows. Today, of course, what we do is we put ear tags in our animals on the farms. Some places will paint, um, actually paint uh, on the wool of sheep. But either way, uh, there's a mark on those animals, and those those marks indicate who owned them. And and we are marked by God. We are identified as His, and He makes us special. He makes us a peculiar people. And no one else can have the same blessings as we do. I remember very clearly back in uh, 1986 when I left active duty in the United States Army, and I out-processed um, and when I out-processed from the Army, they took away my green ID card. And that green ID card opened up a world of privileges to me. The PX, uh, medical care, uh, being able to get on installations, knowing that wherever I was in the United States, if I had an emergency there, and there was a military base close by, I had some place to go. <laughs> But they took that away from me because I was no longer on active duty. And it, it really had an impact. You see, no one else has the blessings that we do in our relationship to God. But it's more than a knowledge and a relationship. In God also, there is a blissful service. We find that in verse 2. When we belong to somebody, we are at their command. A child is supposed to obey their parents. A servant 
obeys his master. A soldier obeys their officer, uh, and employee, employees obey the employer. And we must serve our Lord. And we must realize that we are bought with a price. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, we uh, need to realize, uh, as Paul said, who we are and who owns us and who is the one that requires us to have service to him. But the difference is our service is a joy. We've been freed from the terrible master of sin. And whatever the, the Lord asks us to do, it is far better than sinning. You've heard this, the, the saying that the worst day fishing is better than the best day <laughs> working. And here's the thing, uh, the, the worst day in the Lord is far better than the best day sinning. The prodigal son went home and was willing to be a servant in his father's house because that was better than what he was experiencing when he was in his sin. In fact, truth be told, as we worship God, we are so glad to serve him that we even burst out into song. Very often in a uh, soccer match, a European football match, uh, what we call soccer here, when a goal is scored, a song will burst out of the stadium because they're so excited that their side had scored a goal. And that's what happens with us when we realize just how joyful and how blissful it is to be a servant of our Almighty God. Make no mistake, we will serve somebody. We'll either serve sin or we'll serve God. We'll either serve the devil or we'll serve our Lord. We'll either serve our bodies or we will serve the Spirit. And since we must serve, we might as well serve a good master. We also see in verse 4 that in God there is a blissful fellowship. You know, it's really hard to have fellowship long distance. I have a friend uh, that lives on the other side of the state for me, not just the other side of the state, the whole length of the state almost of Alabama. And from time to time we call, uh, we text, but it's really hard to have fellowship long distance. You know, it, it's just not the same as being present. Phone calls are good, emails are useful, text messages but there's still something missing when there's uh, when you're not present with someone. I remember many times traveling for business and then hearing or seeing my family on a call or on a, 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 a some sort of video chat and how good that was. And because we are gods, we can fellowship with Him. We can fellowship alone in our quiet time, or in groups as we worship and study the Lord, uh, Lord's Word together. And we should do both. We can feel His presence. We can know His will. We can have a real sense of His love for us. In this text, we also see that there's a blissful testimony in God. In God, there is a blissful testimony. First, we can testify to God's mercy. He, we can testify about what He's done for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. 
We can testify about what he's done for us that we didn't deserve him to do for us. We can testify that he did all of this at great cost to himself and no cost to us. We also can testify to God's steadfast love. He won't give up on us, neither corporately nor individually. He patiently waits for us like the father of that prodigal son. We know that in though we want him to come today, he's not terroring, he's not delaying. He wants all to come to eternal life. And he is delaying not to delay, just to delay. He's delaying with a purpose because he wants everyone to hear and everyone to believe in his son, Jesus Christ. And so because of his great mercy and love, we should testify of him. As one person said, evangelism is nothing more than one poor beggar telling another poor beggar where they found bread. And of course, in Jesus, we have the bread of life and we have the water of life and we have everything we need. And so we can gladly testify of what God has done for us. So in Psalm 100, we find the elements of the blissful life a blissful knowledge of God, a blissful relationship with God and our fellow Christians, a blissful service toward God, and a blissful fellowship with Him, giving us a blissful testimony. So let's rejoice and be glad in today, because we can have a blissful life in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. The psalmist in Psalm 100 gave us the elements of that, this blissful life that we can have in Jesus Christ. I hope you found it. And if you haven't found it, please contact me. I'd love to tell you how to find that relationship with God through Jesus that gives us the blissful life that we want. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon to comment on more scripture that we can consider together to help us in our everyday lives. Every blessing. I'm Dr. Otis Corbett.